Our scripture reading today comes from the book of John, verses 11 through 18. Listen to God's word to us today. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels sitting in white where the body of Jesus had been laying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary! She turned to him and in Hebrew said, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all the things that he had said to her. This is the word of the Lord. I love getting up early in the morning. Even though it's not something that I actually do all that often, I also really like sleeping in as long as I can. But there's also something about being up that occasional morning, and especially when my kids were little and I actually woke up before them, to get up and to have the house quiet, to either tackle some task or project that I had wanted to get to, or to just sit with my cup of coffee. It's a different world to be awake before most of the world is awake, just as things are beginning to stir and there's not that much movement going on, except for a small crew of people who are helping to get ready for the day. There were a handful of times that I remember being up even earlier, times that really aren't that pleasant to be awake. In the middle of the night at 3 a.m., and desperately wishing that I was asleep. But yet there was something on my mind that I couldn't shake, probably thinking about what I needed to do or restless about some situation that I was searching for resolution or relief. But it was too urgent and pressing that it would dis disrupt sleep and leave me totally restless. 
I'm sure many of you have experienced such a night sometime or another. And I imagine that this must have been how Mary greeted the first Easter. If she fell asleep, it was for a short, short time before being disturbed again to wakefulness. No real settling into sleep, having been tormented by all that had just happened and just waiting for the hours to come when she could get up and move and start the day and do what she needed to do, to go to the tomb, to care for the body, and to be close in some strange way to this teacher who had shown her the way, a new way in the world, and who had given her new hope. But it was an unexpected sight when she arrived. The stone had been rolled away. The body of Jesus was gone. She ran to tell the disciples, and Peter and the beloved disciple came. They saw the empty tomb, and they left. But Mary, she stayed behind and stood outside the tomb and wept. It was the custom in Jesus' time to grieve openly. People would weep and tear their clothes, put ashes on their forehead. And I have to admit, I have not seen much of this sort of grieving in my life. Sometimes it seems as if those who are grieving have to learn how to do it on their own or to find a support group because we don't have many chances to see people grieving openly. And I don't know that our culture is very accepting or comfortable with grief. To have and see open tears and weeping. I've heard plenty of apologies from people who have broken down in tears as if they are a burden or that it should happen in private or that they should have everything under control. But I think that there is something to be said for this honest weeping in public. When my kids were younger, one of the mothers in our community lost a young child under a year. I had been so impressed by this woman she was strong and also gentle. There was no need for her to keep up appearances, no need to please others, and she didn't feel like she had to fall in line with expectations of society around her. It was impressive. And it was no different with how she grieved. The, more, the memorial service for her son was unlike any memorial service or funeral I have ever been to, and it certainly didn't fall in lines with that of like a Presbyterian service that you might expect to be within an hour or an hour and 15 minutes with everything decently and in order. It was totally different. It took place at the family's home in, the, in their backyard, and those of us gathered were sitting on the lawn. 
There may have been a planned time to start, but it was clear that that didn't mean much. There was no pulling it together to be ready for the guests who had gathered. We were there to wait and to be ready for when the family was ready to begin to grieve. Finally, they came out as ready as they could be for service and prayers to begin. It was the most open and real display of grief that I have ever seen. She was wailing, trembling, bent over in pain, and totally unapologetic about it. She would not be limited or controlled or quiet in her grief. And all of us who were gathered followed her lead and were there with her too, crying as best we could, holding her in this loss. When I think about that moment and that experience, I wonder how she might have absorbed that day and how it would have been such a blur, so much happening. There might have been only a few moments that she could have remembered that would break through all of that grief. And as I think of her, I think of Mary. There, weeping and unapologetic, doubled over in grief, all of her hopes and dreams for a, for a new future had been dashed and destroyed. And it makes me think about that world that Mary had glimpsed and seen as possible with Jesus. What was she hoping would change in the world? Maybe what had already changed. And what was possible for a woman in the ancient world? What was her life like? And what might Jesus have been promising her? So often the experiences of women are invisible in the world. There are so many ways that women are just accustomed to stepping aside and making sure that they're out of the way. And it's just habit. A friend of mine back in New York drove this point home for me. She was an artist and a mother and some things that I feel like I can't say here, but I'll say a trailblazer instead <laughs> that helped me understand this in a very concrete way. She was sometimes so verbal about things that it made me uncomfortable, not editing herself or softening language. Instead, she went for the dramatic and disruptive, aiming to give that shock of get out of the world in the cloud that we're in. She taught me so many things, and among those was to reflect on how women walk in the world. 
that might be so different from how men walk in the world, not taking up space, stepping aside to get out of the way. She talked about observing this on the subway, that you might see a man spreading out, taking up three seats around him. And in the same car, you might see a woman keeping her shoulders together and her knees together, making sure not to take up space or be touching the people around her. One day, she was telling me about an experiment that she did, a trip to the grocery store, and she decided to try to do things different, to maybe not walk how she would normally walk, but to keep her own stride with strength and to not change her, her trajectory to get out of the way of a man in the area. Turns out that she bumped in, or several men bumped into her because they were just expecting that she might step aside. It was something that was out of the routine. There's just this unconscious way that women often get out of the way. I haven't yet tried this experiment myself. I thought it would have made for some great stories today. But in my own week, it was a little too crazy to make happen. If any of you want to try it, I would recommend wearing tennis shoes. And <laughs> please do be cautious. But for sure, it has led me to think and reflect on the ways that I walk in the world and how I automatically do wait as a pedestrian at a stop sign. I let the car go first. I wouldn't even consider stepping out in front of a car to have them wait for me. Maybe it is being considerate, but maybe it's also a way of being. Probably both, yes and. But for sure, it can be easy to not take up space. So there Mary is, alone in the dark and weeping at the tomb. And I imagine perhaps on her way there, she might have stepped aside to make way for someone else who was on the road. And she meets two angels sitting there at the tomb, one at the head and one at the foot, and they ask her, why are you weeping? They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And it's at this moment, as soon as she said that, that she turned and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the, car the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, there's nothing like saying someone's name loud and clear to get their attention. This used to be my tactic when I was out in the world shopping with my mother. Calling, Mom, just would not cut it. 
too many of those being thrown around and it would just be lost in the noise of the world. But surely, and that would catch her attention. It's what caught Mary's attention. She had been standing right in front, right in front of Jesus, having a conversation with him, looking right at him, but not knowing that it was him. And it makes me wonder, was her grief just so thick around her, making her brain foggy? Or maybe there was something that had changed about Jesus? Was he somehow different? Calling her woman didn't get her attention. There was no distinction of familiarity, of knowing her. And it's so important to be known. To be seen for who we are, to be recognized, loved, accepted in our weaknesses, while also being called to stretch into our potential. Last week, last Sunday, I saw a little bit of this in, with a couple of our young people. One of our regulars and one of our visitors. Our young person was dancing around and so eager to connect with this new friend. It was another girl her age. And she was kind of like right in front of her, trying to get her attention and asking to borrow a toy that she had brought. But the little girl did not even look up from what she was doing. She just kept working on the project that she was working on and concentrating. And it was the point where I realized, like, I have to help out here. She needs to know her name. She's not at a place yet where she knows how to ask it. But it's in calling her name that she looked up and could so easily and graciously share the toy that she had brought. But it took practice to remember to learn her name. It's not actually easy. It takes work. But there's nothing like it. To be known, to be seen, and loved, it cuts through everything, all the noise around us. It grabs our attention. So Mary, who had been so focused, looking for the dead body of her teacher, totally missed the resurrected Jesus right in front of her until he called her by name, allowing her to recognize him right in front of him, right in front of her, alive again. I wonder how today we might be searching for this new life, or how we might be so focused on what is front of us, looking for the living among the dead, 
How might we be transformed if the risen Lord were to call our name? So as we continue in this Easter season, I hope that you know that you are cherished. May you venture out into the darkness, unashamed of your grief, and may you stay waiting, take a closer look at what is in front of you. And even if you are lost, may the risen Christ come to meet you, find you in your weeping, and call you by name. Jesus is risen. All things are being made new. Alleluia and amen.